Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Thursday, October 14th, and this is your FT News Briefing. The UK's leveling up plan could come with a high cost for the country's pensioners. We'll look at startups in Latin America, which has now become a hot place for investors. And FT business columnist Helen Thomas has been looking into women-led startups and why they're still having a hard time getting funding. This isn't a problem that 24-year-olds with no experience are running into. This is a problem that women with serious business careers and serious kind of managerial experience are running into. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson promised in his last election campaign to spread economic prosperity by investing in poorer parts of the country. Now we have details on how his government will fund that. The FT reports that Chancellor Rishi Sunak is looking to tap into billions of pounds of pension fund cash to invest in long-term projects like infrastructure and clean energy. Officials are working on proposals to dilute the ceiling on annual management fees, rules that now protect tens of millions of UK retirement savers from high charges. Critics are concerned that retirees could be exposed to high or even more volatile fees. The UK government declined to comment for the story. Latin America is plagued by inefficiency and bureaucracy, which means if you're an entrepreneur, there's plenty of opportunity for disruptive solutions. And entrepreneurs are doing just that. This year, they've pulled in billions of dollars in venture capital. To find out more, I'm joined by the FT's Latin America editor, Michael Stott. Hey, Michael. Hello, Mark. So, Michael, how much investment has gone into tech startups in Latin America? Well, last year, four billion, just over four billion of venture capital flowed into the region, Mark, which was actually more than Southeast Asia. In the first half of this year, things really took off, and Latin America pulled in six and a half billion of venture capital, which is almost as much as India. Wow. Um, so what kind of places are we talking about here? Can you list some of the specifics? Yeah, so the main focus are the big countries, Brazil, Mexico, to some extent, Colombia and Argentina. And and what we're seeing is money coming into more innovative Latin American tech companies, which are trying to tackle some of those problems you talked about, Mark, the bureaucracy, the difficulties of doing business, difficulties of daily life in Latin America. And for investors, from their perspective, why pivot away from Southeast Asia and toward Latin America instead? Well, partly because Latin America had lagged behind, Mark. So the region had been quite slow to take off in tech terms. And so the opportunities uh, are much bigger. And what happened in the pandemic was the pandemic hit Latin America extremely hard, harder than almost any other region in the world. But what it also did was it pushed people online much faster than had been the case before. So, for example, the fintechs, uh, the new banks that were being set up, they found that they grew exponentially. This is a region with a, a large number of people who don't have a bank account. And those new fintech banks targeted them, and they found they could acquire customers incredibly fast. And the, the best example of that is probably New Bank, which is a Brazilian bank that was started in 2013, and it now has more customers than any other standalone digital bank in the world, 40 million customers. Are there other examples that come to mind for you that aren't bank-related? 
Yeah, so there's a, a used car venture in Mexico, Kazak, which is a very interesting one, trying to solve the problem that in Mexico people are concerned about, are they going to buy a stolen car? Are they buying a car with dodgy papers? Are they going to go and buy a car somewhere where they're going to get mugged? So Kazak is trying to simplify all that by buying the car for you, checking all the paperwork, offering a guarantee, delivering it to your home, valeted, ready. So that's one example. Another one is Rappi, which is a Colombian delivery company that's now trying to become a sort of type of super app, delivering everything from cash to fresh groceries. And they've got a thing called Rappi Turbo Fresh. That means that if they're 200 most sold items, you can request and they arrive within 10 minutes. Michael Stott is the FT's Latin America editor. Thanks as always, Michael. Thank you, Mark. And speaking of startups, let me tell you a story about an entrepreneur who wanted financing for a better designed breast pump. It's a pretty short story because her idea was dismissed as too niche. It's actually incredibly hard to understand why the old generation or the standard generation of breast pumps are pretty hopeless unless you've had to use one. So I would not have had a good appreciation of that before I had children. That's the FT's business columnist, Helen Thomas. She says the problem is that the vast majority of people making decisions about what ideas to fund have never had to breastfeed. One study shows that in the UK, about 13% of investment professionals are women, and in the US, it's about 12. I think in some ways it's even sort of worse than that because the women that are in these sectors, you know, can be quite concentrated in in certain firms. So certainly in the UK, say more than 80% of firms had no women on their investment committees at all. So Helen, did the pandemic have any effect on the number of women entrepreneurs able to get funding for their business ideas? Well, uh, it was, it dropped is the short answer. The data suggests that female founders' share of funding in 2020 dropped towards 2%. I think the figures in the UK actually, you know, bounce along around 1%. So it's even lower. And it's worth noting, actually, that the, the government in the UK had this funding scheme that put money into startups and high growth companies to try and avoid a sort of generation of companies failing. Only about 1% of that went to female founded businesses as well. So it, it dropped from a low base to even lower. And I think, you know, that reflected some of the gendered effects of the pandemic. And the theory is that because children were off school, because people were working from home, because there were obligations and demands on women, potential female entrepreneurs, female pitchers, you know, didn't get off the ground. So there may be a sort of gendered effect of the pandemic there. Okay, so pandemic aside, or uh, maybe now that the pandemic has made this more urgent, what ideas are there to get more women-led startups funded? I think longer term, you get more women in the venture capital industry full stop. I think in the short term, there's an appreciation from people like Debbie Wasco, um, who I spoke to, who founded an all-female club and entrepreneurship platform and fund, that the industry is starting to develop platforms and mechanisms and support to specifically um, encourage female entrepreneurship. I also spoke to January Ventures, which is another interesting outfit. They um, have basically decided that, you know, venture capital is a network business. It's very much sort of based around who you know. uh, And they see that as a very entrenched business that's only going to change very, very slowly. And so January Ventures, they're really trying to rethink 
how you pitch. They're trying to make it much less dependent on introductions and pitch decks, you know, much more equality of access to the process. And they're actually looking at diversity far more broadly because everything we're talking about around gender diversity also applies to other types of diversity. A, a January Ventures stat is that their research says that for every $1 men raise at the early stage, women raise an average of 37 cents and black women raise an average of two cents. That's the FT's business columnist, Helen Thomas. Before we go, inflation is hitting one of China's most basic cooking ingredients. The country's biggest soy sauce maker, Faishan Haitian, says its retail prices will go up 7%, and it's doing this to make the business more sustainable. Raw material costs are rising, Chinese coal prices are at a record high, and the autumn harvest season for crops like soy has been disrupted by power outages. More price increases are expected, and companies may have to absorb the higher costs instead of passing them on to the consumer. That's because Beijing historically caps prices when they get too high. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Hi, this is Matt. And Sean. From Two Black Guys. With good credit. From a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.